back to Gemini Placements. This is not an astrology podcast. This is probably going to be a tour rant on what it's like to be a hairdresser back at work. And I might put some astrology in there too. <laughs> well, I might figure out a way to slip it on in there. You know, I like it. I like to slip it in, but just the, the just tip. The tip. We're back. We're actually back in person for our, another episode. And we are back in our headquarters. We're recording in the salon staff room again. Woo! It's our favorite place to be. It really is. We spend so little time here, so it's it's really special. Any minute we can get. <laughs> we really relish the moments. Although I guess that's also a joke about how we actually don't get time to take breaks, which is very true. Yeah, it's always... Point. It's a very fleeting, fleeting thing, the salon staff room. Yeah, sitting. Sitting <laughs> is a very fleeting moment in yeah. a hairstylist's life. Um, but yeah, we, we have been back at work since June 30th, hence we have not posted anything on the yeah. podcast, Instagram, or made any recordings or anything but we finally found a moment it is 9 49 p.m on a sunday we've been here <laughs> since 8 30 a.m working away and we thought why not harness our manic episode and give the people what they want yeah exactly as i was wrapping up my last client which i was very late with it was like quarter after nine when i wrapped her up i turned to anya and i said do you still want to do record and she's like i don't know do you i'm like i got energy <laughs> and was like yeah me too let's ride this out let's so ride it out that's exactly what we're doing we're riding it out yeah i think we have no script there's no <laughs> we literally as we were opening the computer we're like so what do you want to talk about <laughs> but well how's it been for you since you've been back it was hard. So for anyone that doesn't know, I manage the salon as well as uh, being a senior colorist here. Um, and it was it was a doozy. I mean, we were expecting like a July reopening already. We were anticipating it. The last episode we recorded right after our staff meeting at my house. Yeah. So we were kind of ready to go. Um, but there was about a week before reopening and... Um, you know, I just helped our two bosses get everything ready and it was fucking intense. Like it was really fucking intense because it went from zero to not even a hundred, like a thousand. We, you know, we got the reopening date. We had our meeting. We were ready to go. And then we actually had to do everything, <laughs> like yeah. everything. When you think about it, you know, order enough color, order pro make sure there's products clean out the whole salon just like do a few last minute kind of reno things um finish up everyone's schedules and then get cracking on our like 20 page callback list oh my god it was intense the the callback list and i the callback list i saw was even after you guys had got through like 99 percent of it and mm -hmm. each individual employee had their own callback list that was several pages long back to back like just it was it was wild it was so wild it was wild and it was um you know i was plugging away at it every day i a week before reopening day i i was coming in you know like 8 9 a.m and leaving here around 10 11 um just you know divvying up the day between calling people and getting the salon ready so when i actually came back and busted out non-stop color corrections on the first day back it felt like a break 
because doing hair just feels good and easy compared to like all these other little tasks that I find difficult. And it was quite jarring. We had hired a stylist during the lockdown and we were really excited for them to join our team. It was seemed like an amazing fit and that kind of crumbled yeah. literally last minute because we won't get into the details, but it turned out to, you know, there were some red flags. So we had to say goodbye. And then um, another staff member quit literally <laughs> via text moments after um i had rebooked all of their clients so i finished their list and then had to pick up the phone again and call all those people and tell them that that stylist is actually not going to do their hair because that must they have left been so but like and like from the client's perspective that must be so weird and like 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 that would be alarming to me as a client if like right as like you know i get rebooked and then I hang up the phone and then within 20 minutes I'm getting another call and it's like, actually, no, that person no longer works at the salon. I'd be like, what the fuck happened in 20 minutes? Yeah, a lot happened in that 20 minutes. Yeah. Um, and it was, you know, it was just really hard for me emotionally because um, this person also just just lied about it was it was I don't want to, you know, out anybody, but I was like very hurt. I was just very hurt not even to do with this just to do yeah. with our relationship and um, friends and stuff right because it i mean when you work side by side with somebody especially in a salon our size especially during the pandemic because you know we're all grinding we're all putting in intense hours we did like this was our summer last summer we all knew this was going to be our summer this summer so when this happened it was painful on a on a like friendship level yeah I I just I felt I did take it personally and I just needed like some time to get over it basically and I have and we dealt with it and you know the team we have right now is amazing I think everyone is just fucking doing their damn fucking best and you know it's hard but we're doing it and it is gratifying I mean I love doing hair and you know I had moments during this lockdown some really dark moments where I was like like I live to serve people to some extent. Mm -hmm. That's why I've worked in the service industry for so long. And it's going to sound like cheesy and deep, but like, I do feel like some of what we do is like a spiritual service. Of course. yeah. Like we literally help people alchemize and externalize how they believe they should look on the inside into the outside, you know, and then, on top of it, I mean, we are humans, we're tribal, and the idea of ceremony and ritual is very important. All these people are coming in literally shedding, you know, the dead weight of their COVID hair and, you know, covering up their extended grays and feeling, you know, there, there's so much more to hair than just hair. It's, it's so powerful. Anyone who's ever had an amazing haircut or a terrible haircut, yeah. you know, or color will tell you just how much it changed everything you know emotionally yeah. and, and mentally so it's a lot so i i do feel like i am where i'm supposed to be but i don't want to beat around the bush i'm struggling with um just with just a, a bunch of stuff with you know it's long hours every job is difficult i do a lot of color corrections already now 
everything's a color correction like my easiest color today you know which was just a chocolate beautiful chocolate brown i do on one of my clients it, i use three and a half tubes to cover her grays and how how many tubes do you usually use on like one and a half so yeah on her yeah, she has a lot of hair yeah, most people not even a full tube on her she has thick hair but you know she had been doing a few touch-ups at home and obviously missed the back so there's a lot of uneven yeah. patches so you know something that usually i can whip on in 15 20 minutes took me an hour and 10 minutes yeah. to apply and it was like a double process so the easiest 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 jobs are still challenging totally well and also like there's also the emotional side of it all right like everybody's coming in and they're releasing all of their anxieties and all of their feelings and they're they're talking to you about everything that they've been through mm -hmm. and like and i don't mean this in a bad way like that that's what we're here for we are essentially therapist like unlicensed that well, we're licensed in <laughs> i'm fucking like, yeah. licensed but we're you know we're kill. unofficial therapists for a lot of people they come in and they you know a lot has happened to people over the last seven months of the, the of the ontario lockdown or over the last year and a half of this entire pandemic like the one of the number one things that i'm talking to everybody about is they're like i don't know how to function in society anymore mm. i've been working from home since march of 2020 everything's slowly starting to reopen i don't know how to talk to people anymore and so there's a lot of like and we don't either like we've been we've been sitting in our fucking bedrooms for the last seven months we're still trying to remember how we're supposed to talk to people and how we're supposed to like interact with someone to make them feel good like for me i think what one of my biggest issues is is managing expectations for the client and making sure that we're on the same page because i definitely think that sometimes i think i'm being clear enough with them and then my my own anxieties and my own hyper awareness of things i start feeling like I'm picking up on physical cues of like, oh, I think this client's bothered about like how long it's taking, or I think mm. this client's bothered about, you know, X, Y, or Z. And yeah, maybe some of it's in my head, but because I'm, I, because we work in this service industry, I'm always trying to be aware of the nonverbal cues. Me too. So that I can make sure that they're as comfortable as possible. And, and that's, been a big challenge right now because i'm like i also need to be taking care of my own mental health to make sure i can make it to the end of this 12-hour shift so like how much of this is me projecting and how much of this is actually real and and it just it just goes on like that and i you know you start spiraling and you're like okay i gotta just like say words to this person and then hear their tone of voice so that i can hopefully be like okay where are we headed where what's going on in their head damn it's a spiral this lockdown i had a like multiple dark nights of the soul um and you know we've been kind of joking about like angel numbers and seeing 11 11 and all kinds of stuff but i think we have both been going through a lot of synchronicity and a lot of kind of spiritual internal stuff and i think everybody has and i can't talk to people about fucking normal shit anymore like I've literally forced myself to watch Too Hot to Handle season two so I could like- Know what to talk to people about. Right? I'm like, I need to get back to my reality TV so I can talk about stuff. Cause I don't really, I just am so fucking Netflixed out. I can't, yeah. I can't invest into any show. So I'm like, I'm just gonna talk to my clients about reality TV and like make them laugh. And you know, I was literally last night talking to my client about too hot to handle which is a show about fucking horny people that aren't allowed to fuck on an <laughs> island um and somehow we started talking about alan watts <laughs> <laughs> and then we're 
only like, you could bring it into that. It just was like, and I'm like, oh my god. And you know, I have this standing, I have this ongoing joke with a few of my friends where like, I just don't do small talk. It's like big talk only. Yeah. And it just, our conversation, I had to actually like pull myself back. I'm like, girl, like, fuck. Like, shit's getting so deep. We're talking about being only children. We're talking about, you know, our obsession with self-development and growth and being a workaholic and like impermanence and clinging and grasping then i start talking about buddhism then i'm like recommending her buddhist text i'm explaining the heart sutra it's just like so i've like i've forgotten you know i've always kind of been like that anyone that sat in my chair you know because i do a lot of corrective color you know these are like minimum four hour appointments minimum in my chair a lot of the time like i had one appointment that went on for 13 hours and we we fucking cried at the end because we literally talked about like miscarriages and death and having bipolar mothers and like we were in fucking tears because you're like so hungry at that point yeah (laughs) you know like it's like when fucking you know siddhartha went off on his journey (laughs) like it's just so fucking it's like moses in the bush and shit you know like you're just you're hungry you're tired your hair is being pulled a million times my brain is just racked from formulating and calculating sam just did a seven hour color correction so you know you know how it'd be and that's just what happens and the more somebody touches you and the more vulnerable you are because you surrender control of your hair to them entirely you surrender everything and hairstylists have disarming personalities because like we come into this world no judgment most of us come from you know middle class and below right Mm -hmm. like very few like middle class and up people become hairstylists because there's a stigma that you like don't make money and whatever yeah we have clients of all demographics like all ages all you know i have i've had clients that are like fucking strippers and clients like one of my clients two of my clients are supreme court of ontario judges amazing like one of them was literally on the paul bernardo case do you know what i mean like so it's just and i talk to them the same you know what i mean like no matter what i'm like hey girl (laughs) what up (laughs) you you ever read the wisdom of insecurity by alan watts i bet you the stripper has (laughs) (laughs) totally i'm sure and people we we crack that shell yeah for people because they surrender their image the control over their image and appearance to us and we manipulate it and it's so magical i think what we do is so magical it is modern day alchemy yeah and i'm and i'm grateful that i'm able to do what i do but it's so intense and it's also our craft is not appreciated enough no not respected not respected it's not respected at all it's it's madness to see um not not only the way that the government handled everything but mm-hmm. to like what the things I heard from like just my peers yes uh and how you know I had I have friends who like their lives did not change at all yes like like they still they still found a way to go to a gym they still you know they still had gainful employment their partner did like Mm -hmm. it was like oh you have to like wait in the line to go into the grocery store like that's how your life has changed and they were telling me that basically they were like well you this is just something you have to deal with and i was like you don't have a goddamn clue what i'm going through though and you're gonna tell me that like this 
this extended lockdown is totally justified. Like, get out of here. This is. Uh, it was right around the. It was right around the, the uh, March when when hairstylists were really pushing with petitions and stuff to yes. to reopen salons, and I saw people online being like. You guys are sounding like QAnon right now and da 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 da. Oh my and I was God. like, I'm sorry, if you're comparing a hairstylist that's desperate to get back to work to somebody who believes in fucking Pizzagate and like, you know, like anti vax shit, whatever, like, get fucked because like the amount of disrespect that hairstylists have, ex- have experienced over the last year and a half and like the silence, and I know this is such a cliche thing to say, but like the silence has been deafening. From my from people who I thought I was close with, who just like did not give a shit when I would like message like my friend group and be like, I'm really struggling right now, and then I just get silence and stuff, Damn. and I'm like, bro, what? Like, all Damn. right, I see, I see what's here, happening here. That's awful. Yeah. I mean, I'm very grateful. My friends have been amazing. You know, to anyone listening, all my buddies, you guys have been there for me and very supportive. So. I really appreciate it. Um, but I mean, you know, you still hear this stuff. And at the end of the day, every day we would turn on the news. And the only time our industry was addressed was, you know, Doug Ford or fucking John Tory literally saying, like, folks, I know you want a haircut, but we got to wait. And it's like this. I have a house full of women. I know everybody wants haircuts. Like, shut the fuck up. Oh, that made me sick. It's yeah. sickening because is not about people wanting a haircut it's about the people providing that service like i am not a haircut i'm not a hair color i'm a human being i am a fucking daughter i'm a wife like i'm an artist i am an alchemist i am a fucking mage like i am a friend you know what i mean and i am a fucking tax-paying citizen this is a multi-billion dollar industry predominantly female predominantly lgbtq um and it is disgusting because you know it's 88 percent female owned yeah. uh female-led industry and there we just weren't addressed we have no really like college body representing us there's no lobby fighting for us um the only thing that reopened us was folks needing a fucking haircut and and people should be like, but you're great. You should be grateful that you're in demand. And it's like, I am grateful to be in demand, but I need people to see me also as a person and not just the service that we provide because behind that is a human being. And I think people forget that because we're in a capitalist society because everything is so commodified. Mm-hmm. You know, we, because we, we, we disengage, right? You buy a shirt, you don't think about who makes it. Cause then you have to think about fucking like sweatshop labor and stuff like yeah. that. And look, I'm not saying we're in a sweatshop and by any means, although today felt like it, but, <laughs> but it's my own doing, but it's more just like, it, you know, it's not like I need everybody to like check in on me, but this is human, human. Yeah. And people forget. So when we reopened and, um, you know, we started calling people back. I mean, I don't know what your experience was, Sam, but I found most people were pretty nice. Yeah. People were grateful to get the call. Literally one of my clients, I don't know if she's listening or not, but she picked up the phone and I guess she saw she's getting a call for us and she just said, there's no hello. She's like, anytime. <laughs> Anywhere. I was like, 9 a.m. She's like, I do, anytime. Just email me the appointment so I know where to, what, like, what time, what day. She's like, 
anywhere. She's like, parking lot, 4 a.m., your house, my house, my backyard, garbage can. fucking hilarious. I love that she answered with any time. Literally, any time. <laughs> and then I was like, that's, and she just kept saying, I love you. I love you. I love <laughs> oh, you so much. so nice. So, you know, I'm really grateful. Last, um, last reopening, I did a little bit of a culling of my client list. You know, I've been at this, uh, this is my 13th year in this industry. Damn, girl. And I've been at the salon for six of those. So I built a pretty steady, loyal um, clientele. And there were just some people that I had to release from my client list because they would give me anxiety when I'd see them in my column. So I politely was like, sorry, I don't have anything available. And I just recommended other colorists to them and they stuck with them, which was great. So this time I was like, these are my people, Yeah, you know? So that was really good. so everyone was really grateful. You know, I had a few people who were like, oh my God, I can't get until August, but I'm like, sorry. And they're like, but if someone cancels, I'm like, it's, that's what everybody says, you know, yeah. like who, there's not one person I haven't called who wasn't like, but if someone cancels, can you call me? Can you put me on a cancellation list? I'm like, I can't put everybody from the callback and wait list on the cancel. Like I can't make any more lists. Like I just say yes. I just, yeah. <laughs> it's like, yep, you're on the cancellation list. Yeah, pretty much. I've been saying it, but there's, there's no, cancel <laughs> like let's let's get real and it's not that like we don't want to make one it's just it, every single person would be on it so. well exactly like anytime a single appointment gets canceled you get a pop-up of like 50 to 150 people being like the computer being like can you fit any of these people into this 45 minute time slot that's just opened and it's like right no, it just it and and the other thing is is and because i've been experiencing this because i've had uh, quite a few no-shows and last-minute cancellations, Damn. which has been like, what? what? <laughs> Anyways, I'm not going to get too into that. But like, when you have a no-show or a last-minute cancellation, it's next to impossible to fill that spot because everybody's making plans right now because yeah. it's the summer. So like, if it's a weekend appointment, chances are any of my people who I could put in there are at a cottage yeah. or they're camping or they're at the beach or wherever, right? Or they're yeah. fucking wasted when I call them because they're drinking bottomless mimosas on, on fucking <laughs> on the patio, yeah. Also, if anybody knows where bottomless mimosas are in Toronto, hit your girl up because I want those. Tell a bitch. <laughs> um yeah i i think something that people still don't understand is that hairstylists work on commission per client we make a percentage per client and then there's also a fee that comes off each client and we just have an hourly rate that's a backup um that is not the income no it's not and it's it's not what you want to live off of it's not what you want to live off of we want to be on commission booked solid so when you cancel, you know, less than 24 hours uh, or even less than 48 hours, yeah. I even want to say 72 hours at this point. You know? Like if during the lockdown, I just I mean, during this summer, it feels like it needs to be so that you, we have the time to find mm-hmm. somebody. It should, but And, you know, I really need people to understand. We really need people to understand that when you no show or cancel last minute, you're taking hundreds of dollars out of our pockets. That's yeah, the reality. Like hundreds of dollars out of my paycheck that I use towards my rent. And it's like people have this disconnect with hairstylist. Is it because um, it's female owned? Is it because people consider hair kind of trivial and yeah, not like it's that? It's quote unquote just hair. It's just hair. Because we heard that a lot during the lockdown too when people were fighting to get their hair cut. Other people being like, it's just hair. 
And it's like, it's not just hair. Right? It's really not. So it's it's trivialized a lot and people forget that like, this is my job. There's nothing else that I'm doing to make money but hair like all day, every day. So yeah, I don't have an office job. I don't have a backup. I was no fucking hedge funds or anything, you know, in Anya's life. So people need to fucking commit, you know, like sometimes I'll book someone's appointment. They're like, should I put on my calendar or email me? I'm like, put it in your fucking calendar. Like I'll email you, but put it in your calendar. Like you have a responsibility to show up. And I think people need to realize that it takes two to tango when it comes to doing hair. Like we show up 100%, 120% behind the chair. You need to be 100% in the chair. Like you yeah. need to remember your appointment, confirm your appointment, show up on time, make sure your hair is clean, like make sure it's detangled. Make you know. sure you're fed or that you brought a snack. Yeah, like if you have any questions, uh, things you're unsure of, reach out beforehand. Yeah. If, if there's something you're uncomfortable about, reach out beforehand. Make, you know, make up, uh, people need to make up their minds about what they want done. Yeah. I think this is something that, you know, I used to struggle with when I was getting new clients all the time and they'd sit in my chair for a color service and like this is something people don't realize there there are color services that take two hours there are color services that take 12 hours yeah and anything in between like color right now we are in the golden age of hair color the technology is amazing chemistry is amazing so we could do so much and the artistry is there so when people sit in a chair and they're like i don't know if i just want to be like brown or if i want white hair i'm like okay well Right? Like, this is a difference of, like, 10 hours and thousands of dollars. Yeah. So you need to tell me, right? They're like, you know, so when people book an appointment or people sit in my chair and I'm like, okay, what are we doing today? And they're like, I don't know. What do you think? Or when people are like, what do you think? You're the expert. And it's just, like, deflecting responsibility. Um, So really need people to make up their mind because, like, I couldn't imagine showing up to my tattoo appointment and be like, I don't know if I want a chest piece of a tiger, like, eating ass or a (laughs) tiny butterfly on my finger. Yeah, right? A single needle finger tattoo or something? Like, imagine? Oh, my God. I kind of do want a tattoo of a tiger eating ass on my (laughs) (laughs) Goals. You know, but... I'm sure you could do it really artistically. Yeah, it would be beautiful. Yeah. Okay, perfect. That's my next tat. I need... and we need that energy right yeah. like we need that energy like in that engagement that like what do you like it what should Even we just a semblance of an idea so you we can we can have something to go off totally of. like right and like when we, sometimes people will be like if you could do anything with my hair what would you do and i'm like fucking put your baseball cap back on and call an uber so i can go fuck my husband <laughs> Like, you know, and I do, I do have a couple clients that let me do whatever the fuck they want. I'm literally doing someone's hair and they are a listener of this podcast. That's like, go fucking crazy. And I do. Yeah. And I will. I mean, that client is a very special client too, though. Yeah. Yeah. But I, I need to feel that. Like, we have a relationship. You know what I mean? Like, we are, we are in symbiosis. Like, but if I don't know you, I know nothing about your life. Like, I don't know if you're a lawyer or if you're, like, I don't know. A stay-at-home mom. Yeah. Like, what is your lifestyle? Like, what, what's your jam? I don't know anything about you. And you want me to, like, 
decide on your image like that's crazy like look at me (laughs) yeah they well i mean it it, sometimes it feels like people confuse hairstylists with like fortune tellers and psychics and stuff because it's like and i am both but yeah but like you can't just like look at somebody and be like got it yeah i know like I guess yes. In theory, I could look at a person and be like, "Yeah, that's from, based tone. off of the, yeah, based off their skin tone and their facial structure and whatever. This is what I think would really suit them." But are they going to spend twenty to forty minutes doing their hair every morning? Yeah. Are they going to buy all the products I need them to buy to style it properly? Totally. Are they going to buy the treatments for me to be able to bleach the fuck out of their hair in order for their hair to not fall off yeah. when they're not in the salon? Like, yeah, people really expect hairstylists to like jump through hoops and yet cannot give us the respect we deserve yeah like something that happened during um the last lockdown was uh, a lot of my clients you know i have clients that have seen me for years and i do creative color balayage advanced color on them and then i have a handful of clients that are just live in the neighborhood and i just do a nice you know chocolate brown gray coverage like smaller color services and we just kind of chat and they like my energy and we talk about the kids and i love doing that too like i like having these little interpersonal relationships with people and a lot of them you know when i first started here you know they saw me because i had more availability than their other colorists mm-hmm. um so if you start uh, quite a few of them started following me on instagram during the last lockdown um uh, whereas they weren't before and then you know we reopened and they were like oh you're like good at color mm-hmm. and i'm like oh they're like oh you're like an artist they're like oh you're like knowledgeable and i'm like you really have just thought of me as someone that puts on your roots every three to four weeks this whole time like and i don't mind that you know and then and then even a few of them were like oh maybe i need like this and this done you know and they're like (laughs) yeah and i'm like i'll hook you up but if you also just want a classic standard color i mean i just color my hair straight black and have for years and that's my vibe so it not everyone has to be this whole production but like it kind of dawned on me where i'm like you really just thought of me as like a more of like a functional thing where some other people think of me as an experience an experience and it's like you know we all struggle with being perceived (laughs) it's annoying it's really hard but that like hit me where i'm like wow like people really do perceive me totally different yeah so it's it's a ride it's a lot we have a lot of feels a lot of feelings about this (laughs) just been going through a lot and you know um it's it's calmed down now but the first kind of few weeks just the phone was ringing off the hooks the emails were insane yeah 50 emails a day often more when you were getting cussed out on the phone too yeah like that was fucking crazy yeah there was one day where three people cussed me out because they couldn't get an appointment you know we, we're a small salon uh we're only six staff right now everyone had everyone has a solid clientele long call backlist so um we were fully booked and we're fully booked until the end of the month you know get the odd cancellation or whatever but at this point like i'm booking into late august september and onward and people were calling and being like oh can i get a haircut today like i'm so sorry we're booked until um the end of july would you like me to find an august appointment for you and they're like are you fucking kidding me and i'm like you can't talk to me like that yeah and also like you're calling looking for a same day appointment like yeah. are, are you fucking kidding me like yeah. what so three people pretty much in a row swore at me and they're like are you fucking joking that's fucking ridiculous slam the phone and i'm like we live in a society like you cannot speak to me like that just 
just be like, oh, okay, okay, I guess I'll book an appointment for August. Or like, no, I'm gonna try somewhere else, thanks. Bye, thanks for picking up the Good phone. Luck. And I think what really broke me is, um, this was kind of the last straw, but I was, you know, having a snack in between like 500 color corrections and a 15 hour day and someone is at the at the door and we have a big sign that says stop the door is locked <laughs> do you have an appointment and like there's two chairs outside so obviously the waiting room is outside um and they're like if you don't have an appointment please email us for one otherwise have a seat and your stylist will come get you so of course what people do is just kind of fucking rattle the door all day yeah and as if they're locked up and need to get in yeah so and the door is like so actually starting to like break from that yeah so you know we got a rattler <laughs> as i'm eating my snack uh i i come out and i'm like hi do you have an appointment today he's like no i was just hoping to get a haircut i'm like i'm so sorry we're booked up till the end of month let me grab you a card you can email us and he's like i can't get a haircut right now i'm like no sorry we're all booked up and he goes but you're not doing anything right now are you oh my god and I was like, here's our card. Yeah. When people say fucking crazy shit like that, I just fully just pretend like they never said it. And I like yeah. keep talking because I'm like, if I address what you said, I will get fired by the next thing that comes out of my mouth. And I'm just like, why do you feel so entitled to my time? Like, this is what people don't realize. Just because we cut hair, color hair doesn't mean we're, we have to cut your hair. Yeah, and just because I'm sitting doesn't mean I haven't been standing for the last 10 hours. Like, everyone's entitled to a break, everyone's entitled to whatever. Like, if someone says they're busy, they're busy. Like, you know, if you go to a store and they're sold out, you don't tell the staff member to rip the shirt off their back because you really wanted a shirt. No. I mean, I'm sure there are people. I'm like sure that. there are people. Actually, I have one of my clients... Uh, I don't know if she still does this, but she used to dress mannequins for anthropology. Oh, nice. So she just kind of, and so she'd always hear the, you know, the staff room stories of the girls. And one of the girls was telling me, this woman comes into the store and she's like, oh, I really like your shoes. What size are And she's like, where did you get them? And she's like, and they're not even from that store. Okay. She's like, oh, I got them from somewhere else. She's like, oh, what size are you? She's like, oh, I'm a seven. She's like, me too. Can I try your shoes on? Get the fuck out. And the girl just did it like she just took her shoes off and let this random woman put her shoes on this was pre-covid but yeah you know that's never gonna happen now right at least like this poor because that's the thing right like with anxiety and all that like we go into fight or flight but we never talk about freeze or fawn yeah which are the other two f's um yeah. which are kind of more common because we're in a service industry right you're working with people you know that's your income yeah you're not gonna fight well i mean sam would <laughs> <laughs> you know say like you're not gonna fight you can't run away because you're at work like i have to fucking manage this place i have chemicals on people's heads so you go into freeze where you're just like in utter shock you have nothing to say or you go into fawn which is completely compliant yeah like you will just absolutely do anything to appease the attacker and you know i really experienced that especially in the beginning of my career where i just like had absolutely no boundaries i would just like ugh, like just turn into a pile of goo at people's feet and let them get away with everything because my anxiety was so bad and i didn't know how to manage it yet so you know hence you take off your shoes and let a fucking stranger just like tell you to let them try your shoes on when you're not even like oh my god like stand barefoot as someone's trying on your shoes because they like them like you know, and this is just what people in service 
deal with and somehow we just keep on fucking coming back and keep on trucking and i feel quite isolated right now i don't know about you um i feel like i'm I feel like I mostly want to be around hairstylists. Yeah, me too. And it's fueling my work addiction because it's like, work is like not causing the problems, but obviously the problems are arising at work because, Mm -hmm. but at the same time, I like want to be here because this is like my people. I work with people that are like very good friends with me. I'm I'm like, nobody else gets it. So I'm like, I I want to be here with Sam. Like I want to be here with Ryan, Emma, whoever. And, um, because you know i love my friends but they're just like oh it'll be fine by september and i'm like some days i feel like i'm gonna die before september yeah 100 percent. some days i'm like i don't know if i will make it till the to the end of the day it, yeah it gets intense sometimes and so i agree with you i i do find myself wanting to like only really talk to hairstylists or if i am going to talk to somebody else i just need to know that they're safe yeah in the sense that i know i need to know that they're going to listen to me and they're going to actually hear me. They're not just going to kind of brush me off in in that same kind of sense. Like I don't want to have mindless chit chat conversations about work after work because it's just going to be triggering for me. If you're, if you really want to ask me about work, like buckle up. Yeah. Like (laughs) the, the amount of people who have asked me how work is and I'm just like, it's intense. And then I just like, I'm like, that's it. I'm not having that conversation. Like I have, one girlfriend, both of, we, we're both friends with her. I have one friend out of everybody who reached out to me and was like, so should I ask about work? Wow. And I was like, honestly, the fact that you even phrased it like that is like, I, I just feel seen right now. I'm yes. like, I really appreciate that you approached it this way because I don't really want to talk about work because it's, it, I don't have anything like it's, it's extremely gratifying to make people happy, mm-hmm. but the days are so long and some people still are so ungrateful that I'm just like, especially with all my no shows and cancellations, I'm like, some days I just, I'm like, I, when I leave work, I don't, I want to forget about it. I don't want to even yeah. think about it. And so I don't want people asking me about it. Yeah. It's hard. It's hard to wind down. Um, yeah, and I find it hard because, yeah, a lot of my friends have just been working from home. So their mm-hmm. jobs, I mean, and like I know working from home is really hard. I know the workload has increased for a lot of people. Yeah. Companies are downsizing. Like things are challenging. So I'm not saying like our jobs are harder than everybody else's. That's not what we're saying. No. But I think we need people to understand like we see so you've been, what, 10 years in this career right a little break but yeah. yeah with a little break for me 13 straight years and or i guess it's 11 years now for me actually sorry i believe it and you know even before i started working in salons i was doing hair um i was doing like raver hair in my friend's apartment on queen street so i've always kind of always done hair my life um but when you get into this industry when you first start out it's really fucking hard you make no money you bust your ass it's exhausting you work crazy hours you just become constantly abused and tormented by it co-workers by bosses by clients, clients just like by clients boyfriends totally you know <laughs> just we kind of paid our dues and here we are and this is the hardest my job has ever been mm-hmm. right like imagine yeah. you know you start out at any career where you're like okay i'm just gonna schlep it i'm gonna get it you know i'm gonna put in my 
one or two or three, four years, however long. And then finally you're comfortable, you're okay. You know, it's still hard. You're working really hard. And then literally you're working harder than you ever have. But this is also a physical job. And it's yeah. like, your girl's 32 now, you know? I'm not a young whippersnapper anymore. And it's like, people are like, but that's so young. But like in hairdresser years, yeah, you know, starting this at 19... Like, I'm literally going for a varicose vein removal consultation this Wednesday. <laughs> like, I am like old lady health problems. You know, I need to see chiropractors. I need to see acupuncturists. I take 400 supplements. You know, I'm trying to be a well-willed machine, but... Speaking of supplements, I'm so glad that you brought up the magnesium. Was it citrate? Yeah, citrate. Yeah, yeah, I think that's how you say it. I don't, I don't speak English. Yeah, I bought it the other day and I'm like, I'm ready for my bones to feel good. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> anybody that's working, our friends who are servers, tattoo artists, anybody with sore muscles, people that work out, magnesium citrate. Woo, that shit's good before bed. I can't wait to grip and sip tonight <laughs> <laughs> with my valerian and maybe a diazepam. and. <laughs> 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 call it a night because whoa whoa it's yeah it's been full on it's been full on but we're hanging in we have each other you know yeah. let's i keep reminding myself and we got each other's backs like i'm always looking out for my coworkers. you know one of my colleagues was one of our colleagues was running behind today and i'm like buddy chill yeah. i will talk to your client explain that you're running late you give me a heads up i'll get them shampooed like i just kind of juggled stuff around and i'm like that's just what we do yeah <laughs> we are a little colony here you yeah. know we gotta just have each other's backs because it's like i know how hard it is to run behind schedule i know how hard it is to have someone show up you have an hour but it, you need like two you know and you're just trying to make things happen and your you next know? one's waiting and they're getting mad there's no waiting room it's like 89 percent humidity outside like i think you know we just kind of wanted to the, to make this episode so people kind of understand our industry a little bit more especially now and anyone who has also returned to work you know whether you're like with indoor dining reopening a lot of servers have come back to work restaurant owners like we feel you yeah we feel you hard like i'm losing my voice right now <laughs> you know yeah, totally. it's it's intense um and something else that has been coming up for me a lot, and Sam has been a witness to this, is um, during this lockdown period, the seven months, um, my body changed a bit. I am a different dress size. I am a little bit smaller. And I am literally dealing with like 15 hours a day of like relentless, relentless, super triggering comments about my body. Like all day. <laughs> every day i it just like it boggles my mind that people still comment on other people's bodies and you know there's a way to do it where you'd be like oh you look healthy or like oh like you could just say oh, like you look good or whatever i'm never gonna turn down anyone telling me i look good yeah of course not right <laughs> but it's literally the conversation is being oh my god you're thin what's your secret how did you lose the weight what did you do what are you eating? And and if any of my, any of my clients listening to you said this to me, like I'm not mad at you, but I need people to understand. It's like so triggering and it's so intense. So I keep like dodging the conversation and trying to like distract and detract and move away from it. But I also I'm like an honest person, so it's very hard for me. And I also like don't want to tell people the wrong thing because like. 
sometimes I like <laughs> just telling Sam, I'm like, I'm just telling people if they ask me, what's your secret? What are you doing? I just have been saying crippling depression. <laughs> so I feel like that shuts people up really fast, but it actually still doesn't because, and you know, I have to remember not to take it too personally because, you know, we've, we, we've all gone through some kind of body change uh, during this lockdown. Sam just became more fucking ripped. <laughs> Sam just gets ripped like every minute, like just forever. <laughs> the gyms are open again, okay? <laughs> I can't wait. I can't wait for how much more ripped Sam is going to get in like the next decade of me knowing her. She's just going to become a bicep <laughs> with a tight ass. Yes, that is the goal. <laughs> Goals. Yeah, I'm, I'm like talking about people talking about my body while objectifying Sam. <laughs> it's fine. We're homies. I know it's it's people's own insecurities, and yeah. I know everyone's conscious of, of their body and whatever happened to it. And we live in a fucking super toxic, you know, diet culture. Women are just constantly expected to, you know, be this and that. So I know it's not like not about me, but it affects me a lot. Um, like to the point where I was rebooking one of my clients and they were like, oh, I saw like a, one of your little Insta stories and you look so thin, like you, you lost so much weight, like COVID's been so kind to you. Oh my God. And I'm like, COVID hasn't been kind to me. I've been unemployed for seven months on EI. Like I, you know, like literally like taking money out of savings to buy food, like COVID, like why would you ever tell anybody that just lost their job during a global fucking disaster that COVID has been kind to them? And my husband brought this up. He was like, I don't understand. He's like, he's like, I feel like if you were a man and you lost a significant amount of weight in a short span of time during a difficult time, people would be concerned about your health. They'd be like, are you okay? Are you eating enough? Like, are you depressed? Something going on. Mm -hmm. But because you're a woman, everyone's just like, what's your secret? Yeah. What are you doing? And the last time I experienced this, was when um I had a hiccup with my thyroid issue and I lost like the you know however I don't want to talk about numbers and stuff I don't want to trigger anybody unnecessarily but you know I, I there was a significant change in my body and everybody was constantly commenting it and I made sure that I told people it was because of a thyroid issue and like my thyroid went from underactive to overactive which fucks with your body and your mental health significantly yeah. um you know I just wanted people to know that like if they're comparing themselves or their progress to mine, like mine was a health issue and also just to shut people up. So I don't want to talk about it because it's triggering. And literally everyone was like, I wish I had a thyroid issue. Can you give me some of your pills? Ew. Like I literally had more than 10 people tell me that. That's, oh my God. Like, and it's just, I, there was one day where I came home crying <laughs> to my husband and I was like, why do people love me the most when I'm sick and suffering? Because I think the healthiest point in my life was well, a few years ago, I was seeing a personal trainer. I was eating whatever I wanted to, but I was eating healthy, but I was still like enjoying food without restriction. And I like was finally like my posture got better and everything. And I wasn't as like small as I am now, but I felt great and I felt amazing. But then, you know, and everyone was like, eh. And then when I fucking thought, like, my hair fell out, my nails became brittle, my eyelashes fell out. Jesus. Like, I literally was suicidal, um, and I would wake up 
I would wake up in the middle of the night with like joint pain, like pulsing joint pain, and then have to come into work and like put 200 foils into everyone's hair and everyone. And I'm just like fighting through this pain, like telling people, I'm like, I'm in pain. Like I have a thyroid issue. I'm waiting to see an endocrinologist to rule out thyroid cancer. And they're like, but you look so good. I just, <laughs> and I was like, I, I was, and I remember just like coming home being like, I think they, I think this world wants me to die. <laughs> like, I mean, how would you not? feel that way too though right like when when it's constantly being said to you like i would i would internalize it the same way i'm like oh so i'm only like a valid human being when i'm dying yeah i literally did a i did someone's hair a few days ago and they said this is the best color you've ever done on me they look so good. And I was like really proud of it. It looked bomb diggity. So I'm like, thanks girl. I'm like, you know, they locked me down. I come back stronger. And she was like, I just think it's because you're so skinny now. Bro, what the? F- <laughs> Bro. <laughs> and you were also, you witnessed this. I think this was last summer. Sam was shampooing a client. She was a, an older lady. Um, and she literally screamed across the salon to me. Oh, yeah. He goes, Anya, you're so thin now. Congratulations. So fucked. I just have to say, and like, I'm sure that people are going to be like, yeah, Sam, fuck off. You've always been thin. But like, getting incessant comments on your body, no matter what size you are, fucking sucks. And like, as somebody who is thin and I have thin privilege and all these things, it still really fucking sucks to like try to exist in this world as the way my body naturally is and have other people constantly making comments about it. I like wearing short shorts and crop tops in the summer because the summer is the season I love and that's how I like to dress because I also don't like sweating. Then people think that because I'm wearing crop a crop top and short shorts that that just like leaves me open for comments and I've already gotten it a bunch and like mm-hmm. like I just like you know I show up to a friend's house and they're like oh my god you're so skinny and I'm like oh hi it's nice to see you too like I like I don't know what to say to you and like the amount of people that call me a bitch just because what? of the way that my body naturally exists I get called a bitch all the time because i'm naturally thinner and because my body puts on muscle easily and i'm like then because i clearly am not the person for you bye like i like how am i supposed to react to that like stop calling people skinny bitches stop calling people all like all other kinds of disparaging things just stop commenting on people's bodies like you have no idea what's going on with that person like at the one time when i was when when a friend did call me skinny recently when I showed up at their place, I was also under immense amounts of stress and hadn't been able to stomach food for like a week. And so like the only way that I was able to eat was if I got really, really stoned mm-hmm. and then my munchies kicked in because I was so stressed because it was like right as we were leading up to reopening. Yeah. And I was just like, I don't know what the fuck to do. I was like still trying to figure out if I could juggle working at the bike shop with the salon. Like I was just like next level stressed. And, and then to have that as well, I was just like, please just leave me alone. Just leave me alone. I'm already concerned myself about the fact that I can't eat and I'm just trying to get by right now. It's awful. And I I mean, I've, I've known you, Sam, for like a decade now. And yeah, you've always, you know, been thin. And, but I remember there was one point, I, I mean, 
I don't like look at people's bodies that closely. Unless mm-hmm. someone like loses 60 pounds or gains 60 pounds, I don't like notice small changes in people. Right. I don't, because I, I don't care. Yeah. I don't care. I just, I want people to be healthy. I want people to be happy. Like, I don't give a shit. But the, I guess there's one point where like you were always like quite petite. But I guess I think you maybe just started to work out. So you were just like more toned mm-hmm. or maybe you just started wearing more fitted clothing. Maybe that's yeah, what I mean, it was. There was a very long period of my life where I didn't wear clothes that fit me because I thought I was a bigger human than I was. Oh, I feel that. <laughs> I feel that. That's a whole can of worms. But I remember people every day being like, oh, my God, you're so thin. Oh, my God, you're so thin. Did you lose weight? Did you? Th-? And I remember like all day, every day getting those comments. And I think people need to realize that we're also in front of a mirror all day. Mm-hmm. We're in, I mean, the beauty industry is great, but it's also toxic as fuck. Yeah. Um, large groups of women together often is toxic as fuck. I mean, I think it's like, what, one in four women have an eating disorder. Yeah. Uh, maybe more probably way more now because of you know covid and everything so it it just it just grows and you start to feel like your worth is entirely in your body like all of these comments i'm not gonna lie none of them have made me feel good about myself the only thought that keeps going through my head is i'm like terrified genuinely terrified to gain a single pound because i feel like people won't like me anymore that's where my head is right now so my eating disorder is triggered to fuck, but my body dysmorphia is still going strong, right? Because talk about, you know, like thinking that you're bigger than you are. I mean, yeah. there's so many times I was online shopping a lot during this lockdown because stores were closed. I had to return clothes at least five times because I got them two sizes too big. And I would literally then just not order a smaller size because my brain couldn't wrap around the fact that that was my dress size. And still to this day, I'm like, am I actually that size? And like, I have all my bigger clothes still stashed away because I think I'm going to need them. And it's like, it's such a head fuck every day because when people tell you you're thin and you don't believe you're thin, you feel like you have to get thinner. Yeah. So we need to fucking stop commenting on people's bodies and weight and things that they cannot control. You know what I mean? Like compliment someone's outfit compliment like whenever i see anyone i just say i'm like you look look happy you look happy i'm happy to see you like you're smiling like your hair looks cute like something that someone has control over right their outfit their bag you know like even like you have a great sense of humor you have a nice energy around you you make me feel good like there's so many other things like someone's weight is literally just how much fucking space they take up physically in this corporeal form temporarily as a vessel in the physical fucking plane like we i'm like i'm a fucking soul like i am so much more than this fucking bag of flesh that i still haven't figured out so like i implore anybody listening to make a pledge to never comment on anybody's weight until the day they die (laughs) (laughs) and then so and then some and then roll it over to the next life and like tell your friends you know like if you have a friend that's constantly like oh that bitch is so skinny she can eat whatever she wants just yeah. be like don't say that babe yeah let's not you know let's all hold each we other we don't need to release that kind of energy into this universe we need right? we need positivity like yeah especially now like, like also like if you're making these comments you need to look inward go inward like there's something that you need to address there mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and i know it's hard and I know it's an easy subject to talk about, um, but we just, we need to let that shit go because it's so harmful. Like, you guys have no idea. 
for anyone that's not had that experience. And even for someone like thin, privileged, like whatever, I just like held up a middle finger and made a fart sound. Um, cause that's my opinion on that. At the end of the day, when you constantly objectify someone and constantly comment on their body, you feel like your body's not your own anymore. Yeah. Yeah. When I was a kid, my um, our apartment got broken into, right? And someone stole a whole bunch of shit. And I remember coming home. My dad came home from work, and like this feeling that someone's been in, in your space. in your space, and they have touched your things, mm-hmm. and they've ransacked through your things, and you don't feel like anything is your own anymore. Like I remember, like washing the sheets, and like just thinking someone touched my bed. Like someone. That's the closest feeling that I can think of when people constantly comment on my body. That is like it's in the analogy. same category, yeah. right? Um, so we need to cut that shit out. Yeah. Yeah. It's just not like, I don't want to feel uncomfortable in my own body. Mm -hmm. Like, I don't want to feel uncomfortable, like going to see friends because I'm like, what are they going to say? Absolutely. Absolutely. And, you know, I just, I'm tired of hiding like in giant t-shirts and stuff. Like something that and you know i think a lot of people went through um during this lockdown or theme that keeps coming up with all these retrogrades and stuff is um our like gender identity and Mm -hmm. our sexuality and things like that you know people a lot of people are coming out as you know whatever gay non-binary trans what whatever it may be that they need people to know and just exploring their femininity or their masculinity Mm -hmm. and like a big theme for me was just I'm like I I am very femme and I enjoy being very femme um and I love dressing up and I like like this and I like that but sometimes I'm like scared to because I'm afraid that people like look at my body and like perceive me a certain way and I really like moved past that and I was like I'm just gonna wear shit that I want to wear like I want to wear fucking short shorts and crop tops too like because there's a point in my life where I'm sure you can relate to this where you you look at other women wearing something and you're like that's not for me yep right i think a lot of people have felt that way yeah where they're like or even someone's hair or makeup or anything where you're like oh like we have a friend someone we used to work with a long time ago who um is incredible at hair and extensions i mean this person is a fucking legend and if you're a client of mine i make everybody follow them because i'm like it's just next level shit even my dude knows who this person is because i talked to him i'm like he's amazing like top tier human being but you know he has a certain clientele and these girls are next fucking level next level yeah next level and i joked to sam sometimes i'm like i feel like i'm a different gender to these women (laughs) so true right you're like I am not in the same class of women as these women are. Right? I'm like, you know, I'm like, I feel like they're Catwoman in the sexy cat suit and I'm Hello Kitty. Yeah. In the ugly dress. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so, you know, but, but at the end of the day, like, that's how they want to be perceived. That's how they want to look. That's how they feel like they look on the inside. Mm-hmm. And he makes them that on the on outside. outside. And yeah. it's killer. I mean, his work is top shit. So, you know, you, you can be, you, you can wear whatever the fuck you want, be whatever you want. And if people are going to comment, they're going to fucking comment. Fuck them. Just, just do whatever the fuck you want. Like, we're literally in an apocalypse. It's yeah. literally the apocalypse, fam. Just wear a crop top. Get your, let your ass hang out. Wear ass it. out. This is what I've been saying for years. I'm like, <laughs> every summer is ass out summer. 
Guys, go ass out. You will not regret it. I literally, this summer, before, actually before summer even started, I only bought thong bikinis. I was like, fuck it. I'm going full ass out every I time love I go that. to the beach. Oh my God. I, I refuse to like get older and regret not wearing the skimpy outfit because I was afraid of what somebody else would say about it. No, fuck no. I'm going to so wear true. it. It's so I'm going to take a ton of fucking pictures too so I can look back on it when I can't put that bikini on anymore. I can't go to the beach anymore and be like, damn, I killed it at the beach. Right? I used to. I used to kill it at the beach. <laughs> I'm sure you'll kill it to, at the beach till the end of time. I can imagine you, like, 90 years old in a thong, like, just just being a fucking hoe on the beach. Uh, do you know who Batty Winkle is? No. She's this, like, old, old, old woman on Instagram. She is everything. If you, okay. you guys don't follow her on Instagram, you are missing out. Batty Winkle, yes. She is so old, and she rocks yeah whatever she wants and like this is exactly who i aspire to be this when is I'm gonna old. be this will be us yeah 100 exactly. 1000 tattoos ass out tits out no fucks given lipstick so many colors just yeah. like our best lives live your best life like if you want fucking pink hair just have pink hair like Fuck what your boyfriend says. Fuck what anybody says. It's scary how many women have sat in my chair and be like, oh, I wish I could have pink hair. I wish I could get a tattoo, but like my my work, like, or whatever, or my, my boyfriend would hate that. I'm like, what? fucking dump him. Like, yeah. no one should tell you what you can and cannot do with your body. Yeah, the amount of women that have sat in my chair and been like, I really want to go short, my but my boyfriend doesn't want me to have short hair. And I'm like, but... It's your hair on yeah. your head. You're the one who has to look at yourself all day long. Or yeah. Not all day long, but like, I'm just like. I look at myself all day long. Yeah, I look at myself all day long. <laughs> but we do work in front of mirrors, so. Yeah. <laughs> Life's too short to not get the short haircut if you want it. Yeah. Because it's so powerful, it's more than a haircut. Like exactly. When you you know, it's an identity shift, and it's like that means somebody is holding you back. You cannot let them. Like if somebody is controlling your appearance, like if you're dating somebody, um, or seeing somebody, or you have a friend that's constantly telling you, "Oh, you're too extra. You wear too much makeup. Like don't do your hair like that. Don't cut it off." Like those are not the people that you need in your lives. One hundred percent, they're not looking out for you. Yeah. they're not like they're not like i don't think anyone that's ever told someone that they shouldn't cut their hair or whatever is be actually being like oh that'll look bad i don't want them to be sad like it's a control thing yeah they're like i don't want you to look better than me or yeah. i don't want you to look to yeah. look any type of way that i don't approve of like my husband fucking hates giant hoop earrings <laughs> but he's very honest like i'll ask him and i'll be like what do you think of my new earrings? I'm wearing the biggest earrings right now, fam. <laughs> my really ears are. are actually in agony, but I love them so much. They are beautiful. I've been staring at them all day. Thanks, girl. But, you know, and I'm like, what do you think of my earrings? And he's like, those hoops are really big, babe. <laughs> and, but he would never fucking dare tell me not wear them. You know what I mean? Or, like, not get them. And he was like, do you like them? I'm like, yeah, they're dope. He's like, then they're great. Like, then they're fucking great. You know what I mean? But, uh so cute or like it's just it's, that's the way it's gotta be it's like your partner doesn't have to like everything that you wear everything that you do mm -hmm. like because it's you it's not yeah. them like my husband fucking wears crocs Gross. you know and i still ride it <laughs> <laughs> the man wore 
crocs our entire fucking romantic vacation at the beach he got the fucking circle tan on his feet incredible incredible i would expect nothing less from him and I was like, these these shoes make me want to barf and die. And he said, this is too bad. And they're fucking awesome. I love my cracks. Like, you can't tell him nothing. You know, I'm just, he's like, they're perfect for the pool. I'm like, how? Why? <laughs> You're going to wear the crocs into the pool? Uh, but it's like, that's fine. Like, it's I'm not going to leave him because he wears crocs. Like, my boyfriend only wears black. And the other day he bought himself a shirt that was like salmon colored. He's like, what do you think of my shirt? And I was like, I literally, my eyes got super wide and my jaw, like, my mouth got so wide too. And he was like, what the fuck is wrong with you? And I was like, it's so nice. You should wear colors more often. He's like, no, absolutely not. I'm wearing this to work and I don't care about it. It's going to get ruined. And I was like, okay, well, at least let me take several pictures before I ever see it again because this is beautiful and I love it and I want you to do this again. Yes. He's like, no. As someone who wears head-to-toe black every single day and has for many years, um, I, I get that. What yeah. I have, like, a few, like, house outfits that are, like, kind of colorful. And Dave will be like, oh, that looks so good. Why don't you wear color? I'm like, I can't. I won't. <laughs> I'm not going to. I don't care. <laughs> you have an identity crisis. Yeah, and it's just it's a comfort level. Yeah. So it's the same thing if they tell you they like you in something. Just, and if you don't like wearing that, then yeah. still don't fucking wear it. Just wear whatever you want. Exactly. And if they have a problem with it, that's a red flag. Yeah, yeah. Your partner should always be bigging you up. I mean, like, within reason. Like, if you're actually doing something that could harm you or another person, obviously they shouldn't be bigging you up. But, like, anything else. They should just, they should be your number one support system. They should be your cheerleader and they should be, uh... Yeah. Like inside you being like, yes, bitch. That's literally your partner, right? Like, think about if you had a business partner that was constantly like undermining you you dissolve the business yeah no way no way so why would you have a romantic partner that fucking treats you like trash or doesn't support you or is constantly naysaying or is constantly trying to change you or telling you shit about your fucking this and that like you know i've been into fucking drawing fake freckles on this my new jam makes me happy i drew i love it i drew on so many fucking freckles the other day i i looked a little like low-key insane my my husband's like whoa 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 that's a lot of freckles (laughs) i was like it's the new me (laughs) and he was like that's great babe (laughs) just tell he has a hard time with change too and that changes your face quite a bit yeah so especially when you spend an hour doing it (laughs) you're so high and you cannot stop drawing on freckles no matter what because you're just so fucking baked (laughs) i wish i could have been a fly on the wall for that whole thing he's like whoa that's some freckles babe he's like they're different chat said my freckles are cute he's like i'm not i'm not gonna argue with the group chat babe (laughs) (laughs) don't ever argue with the group chat you will lose you will lose men or partners whatever just let fucking let people live we need to let people live you know let if you think someone has bad taste who fucking bad taste on their own (laughs) right like who fucking cares just wear whatever you want do whatever you want cut your hair off shave your head like fuck it just fuck it like all those um i keep seeing all these like memes on hairstylist pages where you're like before you cut bangs consider therapy (laughs) (laughs) it's like why not both 
Uh, the only thing with banks is because I've had a few people come in recently and they they were the ones asking me this as well. Uh, they were like, you know what, because somebody came in and, and they mentioned banks and I was like, what kind of banks are you talking about? Like mm-hmm. curtain banks, a long side sweeping bank, a full fringe, yeah. whatever. And uh, they're like, oh, I didn't even think about how there's different kinds of banks. And I was they're like, just like, there's a lot of different kinds of banks. <laughs> and this is my rule for every client who sits in my chair and asks for banks. <laughs> and then my next question is, how long have you been thinking about this Ooh, for? Ooh, that's a good if one. If you tell me a week, I will tell you no. <laughs> I, I don't cut bangs for people who have only been thinking about it for a short period of time. I don't do it because it's right in front of your face. It, it's on your face. If you haven't been seriously contemplating it for a long ass time, then I'm not doing it because it takes forever to grow them out. Very the true. The only time that I've done it for somebody who's only like been thinking about it for a short period of time is are people who are like, I've had them before. I really liked them. Yeah. I want them again, and I'm like, fine, all right. We're, we're, if you if you've experienced the bang life, then I'll do it. But otherwise, no. <laughs> this is something that I was talking to somebody about actually, and they were like, oh, every time I want to chop all my hair off, I go to the hairstylist, and they try to talk me out of it, or I try to get bangs, or I try to like bleach my hair. And I think we need people to understand <laughs> that every hairstylist has had someone cry in their chair. Yeah. Because they got what they asked for. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Every. Every. Year. There's not a single hairstylist in this world that hasn't had someone cry and have a mental breakdown or call for a redo or like threaten to murder them, yeah. like or all of the above, because they got exactly what they asked for. Yeah. Everyone. So we're just hesitant. There's yeah. just, We've got trauma too. Yeah, it's insurance. <laughs> you know, I. I'm someone, especially when I was younger, was very comfortable with change with my hair. I would literally bleach my hair and color it a new color every three to four weeks mm-hmm. for years, like a decade, you know? So when, so I came into hair with that experience and that was my only experience. And then I started doing hair on the floor in a salon and, you know, I'd have a platinum blonde come in there like, I want to be brunette. I'd be like, fuck yeah, let's do it, girl. Change is good. And I make them like, you know, fill their hair, do a chocolate brown, and then tears like barf crying in my chair. Or like a week, you know, two days later, I want to be blonde again. So now like you, you literally, I will make you sign a contract. If you're blonde and you want to go fully dark, I, you will, I need it in writing. Yeah. I need a pact. Blondes are another one where I'm like, when they're like, I want to go dark. I'm like, how long do you want to go dark for? Yeah. Yeah. I'm like, why? Why do you want to go dark? If you tell me you want to go dark because you're worried about the integrity of your hair and you want it to be healthy again and this, that, and the next thing, fine. Okay, mm-hmm. then we'll have this conversation. But if you're like, I'm just looking for a change, I'm like, <laughs> no, get out. Just get out of my house. Yeah. I said get out of my house. I meant to say get out of my chair, but also get out of my house. Yeah, I've been here longer than my house. Yeah. Yeah, and it's, yeah, I have one client who was like, I just color her hair blue-black. And she's like, you're the only person that's actually made my hair like black, black. Everyone says they're doing black, but they put a dark brown on it. Oh I can tell God. the difference. She's yeah. like, you know, she's like, finally, I found you and you'll actually make my hair black. And, and I'm like, again, I'm like, because it's so, I'm like, I know you. Like, I get you. Yeah. We really get each other. We have a relationship. I understand where you're coming. I know why you want black hair. Like, I know that life very well. Um, but not everybody's going to get you like that. And they're going to just cover their ass i mean this is literally an experience i had i will never ever forget um it was in a salon we both used to work at a few years ago 
I had this girl come see me. She seen me only once before. And the first time she saw me, she was thrilled with her hair. I just did a few natural soft highlights. She was already naturally blonde. I just added a few highlights. And another stylist who's very talented and a lovely person gave her a really cute haircut. Like she was so happy she hugged both of us. Oh, that's nice. You know, like great tip, super happy, whatever. So, you know, a few months pass, she comes to, she books another appointment. She's in my chair again. And she's like, you know, I kind of want to change. And this is just, um, this is, this will tell you that I've been a hairstylist for a while. Lady Gaga just became popular. Oh, wow. Yeah. Okay. So she's like, and remember she always had like the bangs and the really platinum hair. Those she'd wear like those wigs. So she's mm -hmm. like, you know, I want like a Gaga kind of blonde. Like I want to be like a full bleach platinum blonde and I want to cut string bangs. Mm -hmm. And I had actually was like, you know, for maintenance, let's make you like a highlighted bright white blonde as mm -hmm. opposed to, I'm like your hair can totally do it it's fine but let's just approach it a little different so the grow out is better but you'll still have that color so yeah. we already compromised you know and I took in her lifestyle whatever you know the, her the stylist was like are you sure you want bangs it's gonna take more effort you're gonna get them trimmed She's like yeah yeah I'm so down I'm so down I'm so ready for this change it's like new me so we're like feeling that energy from her so we do it she says she loves it she looked amazing we both killed it you know we high-fived each other we were feeling really good about ourselves we we're like we're the dream team like hell yeah gaga hair and then we both get called into the office like what later that day or the next day of, like a, yeah, a few days later okay and you know what it was like to get oh, called into yeah. the fucking office yeah. at that place that we were at so it was like getting called to them to the principal's office totally it was like just honestly it was always panic attacks when you got panic attacks like hot shit bubbling in your yeah. asshole because you know you're gonna get reamed out and she didn't call the salon she didn't email the salon she didn't even leave like a bad yelp review she contacted the head office upper head office of the franchise jesus christ that owned the salon and wrote a multi-page email or letter or whatever saying that we destroyed her hair it's too drastic her color looks unnatural oh her bangs God. are too extreme we didn't factor this in we didn't factor that in she's so unhappy she had a terrible experience she's not happy with her hair she's scared it's gonna grow out and she's gonna have roots she's scared that her bangs are gonna look bad so this is a big deal when someone contacts like literally like it's like your boss's boss right it's like yeah. you know it's like you get a bad burger at mcdonald's and you don't come up and be like hey guys like you forgot to put pickles in like you literally contact like john mcdonald whoever the fuck owns mcdonald's like contact the fucking clown you know <laughs> you contact Ronald like himself. head office of all of mcdonald's in the world and you're like someone forgot to put pickles in yeah so it was like very extreme so we're feeling awful about ourselves. I started crying. We're so unhappy. So she's booked for a redo. Not with me, with the management of the color department. And she comes in for her color redo. And she's like, you know, it's actually okay. <gasps> and like wants like nothing done to it. And she's like, I think it's actually like the cut that's throwing me off. And so then the stylist, she sees the same stylist. And he's like, what? And he literally just had to like thin out her bangs a little bit more and then she left happy what the fuck but as he's like doing her little bangs he's like um 
He's like, like we were under the impression you're really unhappy with your service. Like I kind of like to know what we did. And she's like, oh, I hope I didn't get you guys in trouble. And he was like, Anya wept. He just said that. Yeah. Right? He's like, Anya wept. Good. He's like, she cares a lot, and so do I. And she was like, oh my god, I didn't mean to do that. He's like, why did you contact like the head up, office, like upper management over a change? She was like, I think I was just in shock because it was different. You're a dumb bitch. <laughs> You're a dumb fucking bitch. I'm so glad that that was not my client because let me tell you, that would not have gone down. So then <laughs> I would have lost my job. The icing on the cake of this whole story is that this gal worked in the neighborhood um, in an office somewhere. And uh, there used to be a grocery store that we'd all go to to grab lunch across the street. So I'm in the grocery store getting some soup. She's next to me getting some soup. So we make eye contact. I'm like, hey, how's it going? She drops her soup and just runs out of the fucking lot. Good. Good. I'm like, are you, I'm like, sorry would have sufficed, but okay, spill your Or like write a letter to head office apologizing for your actions and being like, I should have never written this letter to you guys. I'm actually just a crazy person. It was just so intense, you know, and I was like the black sheep of the salon, you know, I was the most alternative one. So everyone's like, you did this crazy thing to this girl's hair. I'm like, no, I actually like talked her out of doing something way more extreme. So, you know, I gave her soft highlights. Yeah. Literally, this is what is the moneymaker at this salon. Totally. So every hairstylist has had some kind of experience like that to some extent where, you know, you make a girl a brunette because it's fall you know and she's crying or you cut someone bangs and they curse you for the rest of your life like so we just really have to cover our own asses it's not that we don't want to do it like i love transformations yeah i love doing crazy shit to people so i love cutting all their hair up and like doing all kinds of weird stuff but like yeah not for them to freak out once i'm done doing it and you have to be like so this is what you told me you wanted right because people will like manipulate that sometimes they'd be like no i didn't we had professional recolors uh, clients at that, la- that that salon because oh my god there were some clients who and there were several clients yes who we realized all they did was get redos get redos because they knew they could get their hair blow dried for free after totally literally we had a 14 day recolor policy on day 13 they would call and say my roots didn't cover yeah and it's like oh actually no your hair is just growing it's been 13 days if you color your hair brown and it's like white with grays it's you're gonna have regrowth 13 days in but it's in the recolor policy and they would abuse it Mm -hmm. and come in and and get their roots done again and they gotta yeah get their roots done for free and then get a blow dry for free and like like they became regulars like the stylist and the colorist would flag these people I mean, mainly colorists, but the colorists would flag these people, but we couldn't do anything about it because upper management didn't give a shit because they were like, oh, we can just take more money off of your paycheck from this. Yeah, we had to, um, we, we had to pay for every redo that we did. Yeah. I literally fired multiple clients because I was like, it's actually costing me money to do your hair. Like it's costing me money on my paycheck to do your hair. I don't get paid minimum wage and I don't even get paid minimum wage. And now I'm paying to do your hair. So, so that, you're going to go. Yeah. Go. So like, you know, and there's, I don't want anyone to think that there's anything wrong with asking for a color adjustment. Yes, of course. Like there's, and I, we never take it personally. Like I don't take it personally. If someone messages me 
you know, and they were like, you know, I feel like um, I want this piece a little bit lighter. Like I, I want, you know, maybe this isn't exactly what I envisioned. Could we have another look at it? I actually am honored because I'm like, you actually still want to keep continue to see me. You yeah. trust me enough to adjust this because if I really jacked it, you'd be going somewhere else to get it fixed. Yeah. I know that because I literally fix jacked shit all day. Yeah. And they're not coming back to that salon. I'd be like, oh, maybe you should try going there, you know, or try, you know, and they're like, no, I don't even want to step foot in there. I don't care how much money I spent. I just want it fixed because it's a disaster, yeah. you know? So if someone's like, you know, I want this piece shorter. I want this a little brighter. Like, that's totally fine. Um, but there are definitely people that take terrible advantage of that. Yeah. I mean, a perfect example is, you know, often when people want a big transformation, they want their hair lighter, you work in sessions, right? Yeah. So session one is usually if someone has really dark hair or a lot of issues banding with their color. Um, session one is usually a more subtle result. So yeah. you really have to like nail that down. And it can it can be a little bit underwhelming for the client because they've sat through like six, seven hours and they're like, oh my God, I'm gonna look so different. But then their hair is like two shades lighter. But it's because you've, you've corrected it. Like you it's you're, you gutted yeah. the hair. Usually second session you get, and then third session is where the magic like really happens, you mm -hmm. know, between two and three and sometimes four depends, right? So you really have to communicate that in consultation. That's our responsibility. But what a lot of people do, a lot of people have tried to do is book a redo and say it's not light enough and try oh, to get the their second one right? yeah. yeah and they try to get their second session for free yeah which is another you know five six seven plus hours of labor and hundreds of dollars worth of product yeah and they will try to manipulate you like it's my birthday nobody noticed i'm like no one noticed that your hair doesn't look like a flaming pile of dog shit really yeah. maybe they need their eyes checked because your hair looks bomb diggity there's it doesn't look like you know fucking 80 colors all mixed together it's just not what you want and you're being impatient and you're manipulating me yeah so you know after 13 years i see through it but yeah. when you're a young stylist oh yeah when you're new to the game you don't you, you're just you're in that fawning stage totally yeah. i fawned for like almost a decade yeah. I still fawn sometimes I still yeah, catch myself doing it yeah right so I don't want anyone to beat themselves up like people will always be like boundaries 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 set boundaries you know how fucking hard that is it's so difficult and especially when a lot of your relationships whether it's with clients or whether it's with people in your real life uh, or your your personal <laughs> your personal life IRL <laughs> uh, if your relationship started and has subsisted off of you not having boundaries when you set those boundaries people can get really offended because they don't realize that what you're doing is is trying to basically make up for lost time yes and, and be like how do i save this relationship um and also preserve my mental health and it's like you know so like i i've experienced it plenty of times in in professional and personal relationships where i start setting boundaries late into the relationship mm -hmm. and then and then you know fights happen or or relationships get lost or yeah whatever right absolutely i mean you know even when you stand up for yourself yeah because people expect you to be so submissive because you're in service the customer is yep. always right yep. and that's just not true like we do our best we aim to please like no not a single hairstylist wants a client to leave unhappy no matter what even if they fucking hate their guts yeah they don't want them to leave unhappy sometimes you just want them to leave and not come back yeah 
But we still want their hair to look good. Because, yeah, I mean, exactly. we all have egos, you know? So this is our art. This is our craft. Well, and also, like, their hair is essentially our business card, right? If their hair looks like shit and they walk out the door and then they tell all their friends who they got their hair done by, then... Yeah. Word of mouth travels fast. It really does. So nobody wants to have anyone cry or have jacked hair or anything but i don't know like sometimes you just gotta let people go you have to let people go and and sometimes it's a, even like a personality thing mm-hmm. you know there was one client that just um i had to let go of that was just asking me a lot of extremely uncomfortable personal questions yeah and then haggling with me that's another big issue oh. is haggling you know something we really need to normalize for anybody in a creative industry tattoo artists hair artists people who are like in creative design mm-hmm. illustration anything like that is saying you're that's out of my budget versus you charge too much or that's yeah. too expensive right like i wouldn't like go to like nordstrom and kick up a storm because a jacket is five thousand dollars but mm-hmm. i only have 50 like i just go to h&m across the street yeah because that's my budget no exactly but when people tell you to your face like oh that's too that's you're charging too much it's like you're literally telling me you don't want me to get paid yeah i don't deserve to be paid exactly so um you know it's really uncomfortable when again people try to manipulate you i actually for any hairstylist listening to this i did a free little class with a hairstylist her name is dawn bradley if anybody knows her she's canadian um and it was like a little mini business crash course and she brought this out i never thought of it but she's like there is a certain type of client she had a little section on firing clients she's like there's a certain kind of person that it the way they manipulate people in our industry is by talking about how much they love to support small business and how loyal they are Mm, i know these people right we've all had them we've all experienced them i'm sure people who like um have a small business an etsy or anything you know but that have their own little hustle have experienced these people where they're 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 going to be the first ones to use that like shop local like sticker in their insta stories they'll Mm -hmm. tag you They'll talk about, oh, I love supporting your business. I love supporting your business. I've been coming here for years. I would never go anywhere else. I would never. I don't shop at Walmart. Mm -hmm. I only support the little guys. But then they will. And you think they're so nice. Yeah. But what they're but like what they're doing, and I'm not saying everybody who supports small business does this, but there's like a certain kind of person we've all experienced and what they will use that as the leeway to like literally get away with murder because yeah. then they'll be like, Well, I've supported your small business for this many years. What do you mean you can't do my hair Sunday at eleven thirty PM? It's my cousin's wedding. Yep. You know, what do you mean you can't come in half an hour early for me because you have to drop your kid off? Mm-hmm. Murder your child, do my hair. Like, yeah. yeah, exactly. And and you feel indebted to them because, first of all, they're like, well, they're so nice. Yeah. And second of all, you feel this loyalty. But it's like anyone who steps foot into a salon is supporting a small business. Yeah, exactly. Anytime you made a transaction in the salon, you supported our small business. I used to see that in the bike shop world too. It was mm. it was crazy the amount of people that would come into the bike shop and be like, oh, I love the shop. It's so great to support local, da 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 And then they'd go to buy something and they'd be like, Can well, I can get this cheaper on Amazon. So true. And I'd be like, are you hearing what you just said to me right yeah. now? You walked in and you said, oh, I love this shop. I love to support local. But why won't I price match Amazon? <laughs> Are you fucked? Are you high? Get out. Get out. Right? Like, 
It's just bizarre. Or the amount of people that walk into the salon or the bike shop or wherever and they're like, if I pay cash, do I have to pay tax? Yes, you do. Because I have to pay tax. Everyone has to pay tax. I'm not fucking, I'm not, do, they're, I'm not doing an under the table service right now. Fuck no, you're paying tax and you're tipping me. <laughs> oh my god! And I don't care. Pay it all in cash. I don't give a fuck. Yeah, this whole like haggling thing, it's not the bazaar, you know, it's not the bazaar. Like it's it's people's livelihoods we're talking about. I had this experience um a couple years ago and one of our colleagues was doing a client with an earshot and actually her client overheard my conversation with this person and was bewildered and shook like she literally as while getting her hair blow dry turned around in the chair to look at what was going on because she could not believe the audacity of the conversation so it was someone whose hair i've been doing on and off not regularly not die hard regular client but kind of on and off sporadically through the years however because they live in the neighborhood and they booked a consultation with me which takes up my time and it's free right so usually when people book a consultation with me is because they're looking for a change. They're looking for a big service, you know, like it's 15 minutes of my time. I'm not getting paid for. I can't take a client. Sometimes it takes even longer. So usually leads to money. So I'm happy to not charge for one. So it's booked as a consultation. And I was like, Hey, so I'm like excited. Cause I've, I've, I've wanted to change their hair for a while actually. Yeah. So I'm like, this is cool. This is great. I haven't seen her in a while. She's going to want to change it. And she sits me down and she goes, you know, Anya, you do such a good job. I really love the highlights you've been doing for me over the years. Um, and I would love to continue seeing you. And you're such a lovely person. You have such a great energy. You're so professional, blah, blah, blah. Like just showering me with compliments. I'm like, okay, where is this going? She's like, however, I've noticed that you've been increasing your prices over the years. Oh my God. And I was like, yeah, you've noticed correctly. I'm like, well, you know, so has Loblaws. <laughs> Good. I'm glad you said that. And um, I'm like, you, you know, um, when you first started seeing me, I was in this industry for only a few years. I was an intermediate colorist. And like, I am now like a master colorist. I literally am a portfolio artist for L'Oreal. Like, right. I have been putting in the work. I'm like, you know, the price of color has increased. Um, the demand for different services increased. So I invest thousands of dollars of my own money into education every year so I can keep up with current trends and techniques. Um, the cost of, you know, owning a salon has increased. So my, my bosses need more, you know, like a bigger yeah. fee for me. Yeah, like inflation, bitch. Just inflation. It's been years. Like I've been doing your hair on and off for like seven years. And um, she looked me straight in the eye and said, well, I went somewhere else and I paid $130. I wasn't happy with my hair. No shit. You but could me. you do my hair for that price? Like, and what? I was like, no, I can't. And it was just so uncomfortable because it's like. Like actually the audacity. Right. Because I'm like, this is so insulting. This is, I was hurt, like genuinely hurt because I'm like, so you want me to do the labor, you want my expertise, you want my personality, you want my the experience, but you want to pay as much as you did at the shitty salon that fucked your hair for me to do perfect, nice highlights for you. And you think that this is okay. And also you booked 15 minutes of my time that you know that's free mm -hmm. for you to insult me. Like you literally yeah. took money away and time away from me that I could be spent consulting with someone else who's actually going to pay for a service. You've actually booked that time to try to negotiate paying me less money and now you've cost me money i cannot 
I can't, like, how? And she was very polite. She's like, I just want to continue supporting you. I'm like, but you're not supporting me. Yeah. You know, but I was polite. Again, I was like in fawn, like bet- going between freeze and fawn, where I was just speechless, you know? Yeah. And I was like, but then I was like kind of blabbering about hair education and this. And I was like, I literally just took um, a Gina Bianca ambassador class where I paid 1,000 American dollars, 1,000 yeah. USD out of pocket for this two day class that I had to also take a, uh, two days off work for. Yeah. So it actually cost me much like more. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, and, and it was worth every penny, but to come back from that, like so inspired, so excited and have someone tell you that they yeah. want to pay you like $50 less because they don't, they don't feel like paying you more that you don't deserve more. This woman turned out of her chair, like mid brush in her hair. And she was like, I'm so sorry. She was like, I'm so sorry. She's like, I can't believe what I just heard. And I'm just, I'm sorry. You seem like really nice. Like you don't deserve that. And I was just like, thank you. Yeah. Thank you. And that was that. Mind blown. That's, yeah. The It's it's just fascinating to me the ways that people can disrespect the people in this industry and, and not even bat an eye as, a, as if we're like subhuman. Yeah, it starts to feel like that. You know, I've been talking to my tattoo artist about that and, you know, that's how she's feeling and just anyone in this industry right now it's like we're just going through so many highs and lows where it's like you know you you spend a couple hours with a client that you just fucking adore and you kill it on their hair and they're so grateful and you Mm -hmm. take pictures and they post you know they tag you in their post they're like so and so is a hair god and you're amazing and then the next person like literally doesn't fucking come (laughs) for their six hour appointment yeah. And you, you're like, okay, well, that cost me a few hundred dollars and I feel like trash and I know you don't respect me. And then someone else is angry with you because you can't cut their hair on the same day. Yeah. Again, someone else is like almost like too apologetic that you're cutting their hair. Like there's yeah, such it's, a range. It is. It's, it's a roller coaster. So I think what we're trying to tell everyone is that we're tired. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sure they're tired of listening to us talk. Tired, but inspired. Yeah. <laughs> a little wired. Definitely. Um, and Chiron is in retrograde now, too. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just going to end it on that note. You thought four retrogrades are too much? There's a fifth one that started, I believe, on July 18th. And this is all about our trauma and our wounds and mirroring them because Chiron was a centaur who could heal everyone but himself. So, so sad. So, and retrogrades are here to challenge us. So, I mean, this episode is pure Chiron retrograde energy where it's like, us just releasing, (laughs) releasing this pain, but not really being able to solve it. And trying to solve it for everybody else by giving you endless advice, free therapy, whatever the fuck, while we um, waste away. (laughs) Thanks for sticking it out with us. Yeah. Thank you for sticking out with us. Thank you for listening to this episode. I hope, I mean, I don't think anybody that listens to us is a dick to people in the service industry. But if someone in your life is, like, call them out. Yeah. You know, just, I think we need to call our friends out. Like, if someone's being a dick to a server, be like, don't fucking do that. Yeah. Like, if you're on a date with somebody and they're a dick to a server, just leave. Yeah. Call yeah. an Uber. <laughs> Down your drink and go. Just go. Or throw it in their face. Even better. Well, throw theirs in their face. True. Don't waste your money. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, any last words, Sam? 
feel like I talk through most of this myself. I don't know. I feel like I talk a lot. Yeah. I don't know. I always, I always wonder. I'm like, who talked more in each episode? Well, oh my God. I feel like last episode I talked, I was manic as fuck. If anybody made it to the end of the last episode, like props to you. Cause even I couldn't, I tried to re-listen and I was like, fuck, I'm so sick of myself right now. <laughs> Turning this off. I listened to it. That's so nice of you. <laughs> I think only cause I had to edit it. <laughs> yeah. That's probably exactly why you're like, wow. Even I wish I could shut this bitch up right now. <laughs> I had a good time. I had a good time. Oh, yeah. Well, I hope everybody is well. I know we're all struggling. Uh, we're all struggling to figure out how to get back into the world. And you're not alone. We're all we're all struggling to figure out how to talk to people again and how to interact with the mm. world again. And yeah. yeah, find balance. You know, everyone's trying to find some kind of balance to ground themselves. And um, that's an illusion. Balance. The only yeah, the only thing that is sure is that all of human life is suffering. <laughs> <laughs> on that note. On that note, see you on the next episode. Bye. Bye. <laughs>